Thanks for listening to the Arc Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. It's been an extremely busy October in the art world, in particular in Europe. We had art fairs back-to-back weeks. First, Freeze London, and then Art Basel Paris, or as they're calling it, Paris Plus. But it was Art Basel's inaugural fair in Paris after ousting Fiac from that spot. There was a lot of intrigue about Paris Plus, what it would be like, would it steal the thunder from Freeze London, Will it become the dominant fair between the two in the future? Well, we get answers to those questions on this week's episode as we chat with Julia Halperin, executive editor for Artnet News. She covered both of the fairs and helps us recap them here. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on to help us recap these fairs. So, all right, before we even begin, I need to know, how are people referring to this fair in Paris? Are they calling it Basel Paris, Paris Plus, or how are people referencing this fair when they talk about it? I don't even know what to call it in this episode. I feel like everyone is embarrassed to say it with a French accent. So people just said the fair. Uh-huh, that's amazing. Well, I'd like to call it Basel Paris until someone tells me I'm not allowed to. Or I don't know, maybe throughout this episode, I'll get the confidence to call it by its real name with the French accent. Yeah, exactly. And you get an email from the PRs that tell you it's Paris. I think the most common one I heard when it was fully, you know, described was Perry Plus. All right, Perry Plus, Perry Plus. Okay, I think I'll get the hang of it. We'll see. But I do think it's important to mention and remember that this is an Art Basel fair. That brand and what it means is so important, and that's why there was so much buzz for this inaugural edition of the fair. But you were there at the fair in Paris on the ground. Tell us, what was the scene like there? So it was very, there was definitely a lot of kind of buzzing energy and a lot of serious looking, which don't always come together. Um, It was in a lot of ways, you know, a version of the same VIP day art fair that you see in lots of fairs. I mean, it was a lot of similar galleries and some similar faces. Um, But I think the, the quality was very high and there were a lot of people talking about how the quality was very high. Like that was when people would run into each other in the aisles, they were like, oh, it's very good. <laughs> um, that was sort of the common phrase. And I think one one thing that um, the Belgian collector, Alain Survey said that I thought was a, a valuable way to distinguish between Freeze and Perry Plus this year was that at Freeze, the aisles were super crowded and um and that was because it did have a very kind of like cnb scene vibe um and at peri plus the booths were really crowded and that's because people were really they were really looking at the art um so that felt like a clear distinction um and even at, at gagosian's booth in the grand palais fmr um you know the by the afternoon the carpet on the floor was like completely like threadbare and ripped up just because there were so many people like milling around and going in and out. Um, So that was pretty characteristic of the feel. Yeah, I also heard a lot of positive reviews on the quality of art at Perry Plus. Naturally, people have started to compare Perry Plus to Freeze London. They're just a week apart. 
And look, if you're a collector based in Europe, you can easily attend both fairs. But most galleries will have to choose one over the other. And most collectors, especially outside of Europe, won't be able to take a two-week vacation in Europe. And they'll have to choose to attend one over the other. Some feedback I received was that Paris was great and it may actually overtake Freeze London as the clear favorite and perhaps more important of the two fairs. Is that something that was discussed these past few weeks? And what do you think are people's opinions about the two moving forward? I think it's still early stages. I think, you know, there's very much a romance with Paris as an art market center right now. And, you know, the Art Basel Fair only heightens that. Um, Everyone is like extremely uncynically excited to be in Paris. It's impossible to feel cynical when you're there and you're looking through the window from the art fair to the Eiffel Tower. Like it's, you can try, but it's, it's not possible. Um, And so I think the, the vibes were definitely better and more kind of, it felt more like an event at Perry Plus. Um, But in terms of a place to do business, I definitely wouldn't count freeze out yet. Um, A colleague of mine spoke to a British dealer who was like just completely overwhelmed by the idea that Paris would ever overtake London as an art market center. And he said, you know, have you ever tried to do business in Paris? It's impossible. Um, You know, there are real kind of bureaucratic and um, and other serious hurdles to to doing business there. And I think that that you know, we did see that in terms of the speed with which sales were completed at Freeze versus at Prairie Plus, where the quality was absolutely there, especially for, you know, modern and like blue chip contemporary work. Um, but the sales definitely took more time and the the top end felt certainly kind of thinner and harder to move than maybe at Art Basel in Switzerland. Yeah, like you said, London has that strong ecosystem with so many galleries that put on their best shows of the year, coinciding with Freeze London, and so many artists are based there. So that environment, along with London just being such an international city, will always make it an attractive destination, I think. Although, interestingly, I did notice that at Freeze London, the owners and senior directors at some of the major galleries that were showing at the fair didn't even show up. I don't know if that's something we can read into. Uh, is that something you picked up on as well? Yeah, I think that's a great observation. I think, um, yeah, you saw the big directors, the local directors manning the fairs at Freeze. And you did see more of the principals at at Perry Plus. I think that was also kind of just the first time thing. Like, of course, if you are the head of a gallery, you've been to freeze London many times and you haven't been to the Paris fair and you want to see what it's like. Um, But I think it is a certainly a statement that the freeze fairs, they do kind of, you know, they've been going on for a long time. They, they know how to do it. I think a a number of, of a lot of galleries pre-sold more so I think than at Prairie Plus for sure. Um, And so that definitely also kind of, contributed to the dynamic where freeze felt like this sort of, you know, on the ground, it was a real, it was like a sort of social event for people to be in, see and be seen. And, and the work was really done in advance to, to do the sales. Whereas I think at Prairie Plus, it was much more about meeting people on the ground, trying to get those sales to happen there. Um, and that's also part of why the pace was a little bit slower for that. 
And so after Freeze London, you wrote a great article in Artnet News that I definitely recommend everyone check out if they haven't read it already about the potential bursting of the figurative art bubble. And really there does seem to be a lot of fatigue associated with seeing so much figurative art the last few years. It's coming from collectors, galleries, hearing artists talk about it. What did galleries and collectors have to say about this? And did you feel like Freeze London was one of the first fairs where we saw galleries maybe responding to this fatigue by bringing more abstract art? I think we've been on the lookout for this shift for about a year. That was the first, you know, about a year ago was the first time that we really started to notice that the scales were shifting a little bit. Um, I think there was a period there where you would go to art fairs and truly it felt like every painting was a figurative painting. Um, It was really hard to find anything else. And I think that definitely is shifting. And and Freeze did feel like the first fair that I've been to where it felt like you were really in the middle of that pendulum shift. You know, obviously there was still figurative work there, but there was quite a lot of of abstract work of various types and palettes and sizes. And I think that is a reflection of a, of a certain amount of figuration fatigue um, and and also maybe just then of, of a sort of bit more openness on the part of collectors to other modes of working. I think a collector that, um, or a dealer that I, that we spoke with about a year ago, you know, was joking that some collectors may wake up one morning and look around their house and just think, you know, who are all these people <laughs> on the walls? Uh-huh. Um, and I, I I do think that that there is an increased openness. And part of that is a market change too. I think you're seeing really strong results at auction and, you know, on the primary market, just huge demand for artists like Lucy Bull and Spencer Lewis and Lauren Quinn. Um, and they all have, you know, a, a certain amount of dedication to abstraction and a real sort of, there's a kind of like gloopy feathered, slightly psychedelic aesthetic that Lucy Bull and Lauren Quinn share. And I think you did start to see a bit of that at Freeze as well. Um, And I think that's to me sometimes a sign that the the taste is shifting a bit is when you do start to see a critical mass of artists working, not necessarily, obviously not in direct parallel to each other, but kind of in a similar register um, and you start to see them sort of gather traction around the same time. So that the the sort of market story I was hearing outside of the fair, uh, you know, about auctions and just private sales, um, it definitely started echoing and playing out inside the fair um, with just the volume of, of abstract painting that I was starting to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the pendulum swings back towards abstract art over the next few years. It's definitely starting to feel that way. So I did want to ask you about the sales at the fairs. There's a lot of uncertainty and negative looming news around the global economy, as well as heightened geopolitical risks. But at these kind of fairs where it's mostly primary market material, does it feel like they're insulated from all of this potential negative news? Or did we see any weakening in the market at these fairs? I think that you definitely felt a sense of anxiety. I felt it at both fairs, like it was sort of a kind of like dancing 
till the music stops vibe um, where people are really trying to make deals as fast as they can, um, you know, until this kind of looming storm arrives overhead. I and I think that's part of why you saw so much pre-selling as well. I do think for the contemporary artists and primary market artists who are really in demand, um, that demand has not weakened. Um, I think you're still seeing a real stampede around certain artists where there's been a bit of market consensus. I do think there's some slowing down around artists who are not at that very top level. And I think at at Perry Plus, you started to see a little bit of slowdown at the very high end, um, where you know you had a works by Aquavella, like a huge stand of works that plenty of them were over ten million dollars, and they didn't have much to announce um, within the first days of the fair. You know, it just takes a lot longer than it does maybe at a fair like Art Basel where they've been planning and and working with people and been in conversations for the entire year. Um, even comparatively, you know, Perry Blues came together more quickly than a lot of other fairs. Um, and that was something that we heard too that, you know, I think people were pleasantly surprised by just how finished it felt, but, but it was still fast. And so I think it was the combination of of that kind of internal story and then the macroeconomic story that meant that things started to feel a little bit slower on the very high end. And even highest recorded sale on the first day of Prairie Plus was at Zwerner for a $4.5 million Joan Mitchell. Um, so that was certainly higher than you've seen at FIAC, for example, last year, but it did not exceed the six million high that Zwerner achieved the week before at Freeze London uh, with a work by Carrie James Marshall, um, or anywhere near the twelve point five million that was reported for a sale of a work by Felix Gonzalez Torres at Art Basel in June. So, you know, I think it's hard to know whether that was, you know, those are three distinct works, but I do think that the the appetite for the high end is slowing down and we're seeing that for sure. Yeah. Well, that really leads me to my last question because we do have some major auctions coming up, but what are a few of the next big tests for the art market? What are a few things you'll have your eye on for the remainder of the year? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I think we're Obviously, the Allen Collection is the biggest event of the year in terms of the market. And so that will be really fascinating to watch. I think that is such an unprecedented moment that we will still see really, really high results because this stuff really will never come to market again. Uh, And so I think that it is sort of extraordinary circumstance. But I also think you are at a moment where uh, there is a whole generation of collectors that are passing and their work is coming to auction. And so something that would have been, you know, one $60 million Rothko, you can sell and you can find a buyer. If you have five at once, is it going to reach the same level at a moment of economic uncertainty? I don't think so. Um, So I think looking even beyond Allen, which I think will achieve kind of masterpiece results, no matter what, to a little bit below that tier, that will really be very telling 
from the New York auctions and then the Hong Kong auctions. And then Miami, I think, will be a test for the primary market. And we'll see if the buzz around young artists that kind of continues to power a lot of galleries through um, stays at the level that it has. Julia, thanks so much again for coming on to the podcast and helping us recap Freeze London and Perry Pluse. If our listeners don't read your articles and Art.net News, they definitely should be. And they should also be following you on social media where you're often reporting about the art market. Where can we find you there? I am on Twitter at, at Julia Halperin and on Instagram at the same handle. And also we have just published the latest edition of the Artnet News Pro Intelligence Report, which I edit, and that is available on the site now as well. And it is very relevant to this conversation because it is all about art flipping. Interesting. We'll make sure to check that out. Julia, thanks so much again. Thank you.